Hi, and thanks for listening to the Belated Binge Podcast. We're currently between seasons, and I've decided to share some of my favorite bonus episodes nobody's gotten to hear yet. These were posted throughout Season 1 on Patreon for a level that nobody signed up for, so I'm sharing a few here while I take a few weeks off ahead of our binge of Chamber of Secrets. If you like these, there are still many more available on Patreon, and the backlog is still a patrons-only benefit. I'm also making a ton of updates to Patreon benefits for Season 2. In this one, I was joined by our guest Amanda from the Fox and the Foxhound podcast, and we discussed Snape and some hot takes on his portrayal in the movies. Before we get into that episode, I have a special announcement as well. Next Wednesday, I will be a guest on the Restricted Section podcast, and we're going to be talking some Goblet of Fire, Chapter 35, Veritaserum. It's a great chapter. I had a blast recording it, and I hope you go check it out. The Belated Binge Podcast. Hi, and welcome to The Belated Binge on Patreon. First of all, thank you for becoming a patron because that's the only way that you're hearing this content and your contribution is literally how we keep the show going, how we keep the show growing, and it's highly appreciated and I know it sounds cliche to say it, but I have to because I mean it from the bottom of all the all the things so uh, i'm super excited that amanda was uh, willing to jump into this discussion as well this one stems partially from the uh, the topic of our main pod that we released which you can obviously get uh, that we posted alongside of this maybe you've heard it first and then went to this maybe you did this first and you can switch to that either way you you have it and you had it before everybody else in the world had it so uh, kudos on you And it's ad-free. Not that I need to plug it to you because you've already got it. Anyways, uh, it's partially from that discussion we were having and also a discussion which literally led us to this moment. I don't know if you, uh, I don't know if you realize this, but like as a listener of the podcast, like I had just messaged you some feedback that you guys had done on your movie three recap where you were just completely just shitting on the movie uh all together it wasn't (laughs) our favorite of the movies it's a fair it's a fair criticism of them like it's so but it's funny because it's a lot of people's favorite movie it you know like it's a a ton of people's favorite movie. it's an unpopular opinion to not like Mm -hmm. prisoner of azkaban but i'm like i watched this movie and i'm like dude you missed the whole point you missed mm-hmm. the whole point of the movie. There's no marauders. There's no... I mean, it's just like, is it stylish? Yeah. Yeah, it's a, none of the movies look bad. No, exactly. And you, you guys have said that a million times. And my my plan is not to do the movies as part of the book discussion. Good um, Yeah. I, I think what I'm going to do, because this is a binge podcast, um, and I'm saying this to everyone for the first time too but i think my plan with the movies is to do them like after the books as their own thing i don't know if it's going to be a patreon only or if it's going to be uh available across everything but binge them as the movie series and look at them in their canon that is a really good move and honestly i think if we could do it over Mm -hmm. i would probably do that with our show too because it has turned into like we pretty much just bash the movies because when you do it right after you've just read the book you're going to be disappointed 
Right, because if you're looking at it as an adaptation, they all fail after two. Yeah. You know, just as an adaptation specifically, they they still have redeeming qualities as you know, popcorn movies, but they're sure. not necessarily like... You can't put everything in them. No. But choices were made. Oh, yeah. Many choices were made. Yeah. <laughs> Many choices were made. And I, like, I've already actually started jotting down some notes from, like, the first movie just as what that might look like because we're podcasters. We have to plan ahead. Yes. If we don't plan ahead, then, you know, this stuff doesn't come out exactly. particularly on time. Yeah. Uh, so I've started to think about what that looks like. And I think doing the movies as a as a binge as a deep dive as a picking the like looking at how the events of the movie do line up to the movie arc that yes. is happening and where things are, easter eggs are laid and then doing some kind of segment where it's like the choices that were made and what could have been made instead with this time yes to improve not just the adaptation but the quality of the movie you know in my opinion because this whole thing is my opinion that's a lovely it's gonna be way more charitable than we are with the movies and i like that i think that's a good approach it could be there could be a segment where it's just like what the heck were you doing but you know who who knows i mean movie six burning down the burrow like what are you thinking what are you doing why would you do that you you don't it's just and you take out literally everything that makes that my favorite book right everything that makes it my favorite book is not in the movie like everything every single thing the only thing we got was pineapple right and i really i'm not that big a fan of pineapple i'm just not does pineapple belong on pizza yes it does belong on pizza see this is funny i have been a pure just absolutely not keep pineapple the hell away from my pizza my entire life and guess what's happened since uh my wife started ordering hawaiian pizzas just like a month ago are you converted i don't know that i'm converted but i will have a couple of pieces alongside my just pile of pepperoni pieces okay so okay they're almost like the dessert on the plate I love it, but you're okay. So you're still, but I still eat dessert. It's a separate. Well, sure. And why wouldn't you? Right? Like we only live yeah. one time on this planet. So yeah, you're eating the Hawaiian slices separate from the pepperoni, or you're putting pineapple on with the pepperoni. Oh no, separate. Then you're like, there's separate things. An yeah, anarchist. Okay. She, yeah, she orders two different pizzas. She orders a pepperoni pizza that's gigantic. That's for me. Yeah. And then she orders this tiny little Hawaiian pizza that I take from because it's hers, and I want to make sure that I take everything because I'm greedy. No, she she eats some of the pepperoni too. Let I, me tell. I you. can't have that go out into the. <laughs> into the world to <laughs> think i'm some kind of weird pizza monster let me yeah. tell you i like pretty much never have pizza without pineapple wow that's how I, much I enjoy it i can't like i and i can't do pieces that have a ton like I, I i avoid the ones that are like a pile of pineapple i'm also a weirdo so i'm kind of a pizza like guy um love it I, okay i do i like a little space between my toppings okay not like a massive space not like sure not like the you know DiGiorno's where you get three pepperonis, like, but a small sliver in between. Yes. Across you know, and yes. I'm particularly a fan of that with pineapple. I think a pile of pineapple on a single slice is overbearing, but yes. I can do a piece that has like you know some ham, a pineapple or three, and yeah, shove it in my pie hole. 
I'll give you that. I will a thousand percent give you that. Because you also, like, if you have pineapple on top of pineapple, then half of it's just going to fall off when you pick up your pizza slice, which I'm not okay with. And also, it's some of the It doesn't taste like pizza anymore. Yeah. It's... Yeah. the, the, The topping distribution is very important. I agree. Yeah, this is the kind of quality Harry Potter discussion that you can expect on Patreon. Listen, um, you have heard our show. You know <laughs> how how frequently our show is not about Harry Potter. But it's funny because the first thing that I messaged you, it was in it was in um in reference to that movie episode that you did where you were really like you were harping on how Alan Rickman is too old for Snape. Yep. Or no, no, no. No, it wasn't him. Oh, it was how Gary Oldman was too, too old, old for, for serious. serious. You were all over it. And how the, and I can't think of his name because I'm terrible and he's your favorite character, but the guy that plays Remus. David Thewlis. Yeah. Is, yeah. Too old for Remus. You were just like all over that. And you didn't mention Snape at all in this episode. How did with I Alan Rickman. do that? And so that's what I brought up is I wasn't trying to be a well actually person, because I was interested in what you're saying, but I kind of well actually do with the Snape thing. I, because he was the first one cast and he was like hand selected to play Snape. So they had to build the rest of the Marauder cast at his age range and he's the wrong freaking age. He's but so it led us. Yeah. And none of that is important at all. But what that led us to, it was a quick little DM back and forth um, about how how we thought Alan Rickman did as a a portrayal of Snape. And I think we were fairly on the same page, which is why I thought that it would make for an interesting discussion for us to have here without throwing books at each other. And, (laughs) and it, and it comes back to one of the ideas that we, that we posed in the regular episode. And that is that there are a lot of people. I think I'm theorizing that there are a lot of people in the fandom who truly accept Alan Rickman's Snape performance in the movie as canon book Snape. And I completely disagree with that. Definitely. So I know one of the things is that Alan Rickman was aware of the supposed love for Lily, which I still think is just a crock because I think it's more of an obsession and not but that's neither here. That's a different uh, discussion for the podcast. But I think Rickman knowing this tipped his hand several times in the movies and he acted in a way that book Snape simply wouldn't. Absolutely. Think of a couple a couple of moments that pop into my head, and this is where I'm going to let you talk. Is <laughs> is um first is the first like banquet scene when Harry comes to Hogwarts, but after he gets sorted into Gryffindor and he goes or no, this is before he gets sorted into Gryffindor, right? Mm-hmm. He so. Snape sees him from across the room. It's when he's talking to Quirrell. This is supposed to be the moment in the book where Harry looks up, his scar hurts because Snape is glaring at him. That's the two and two he puts together. He doesn't realize that Quirrell is in the beanie right next to Snape's head. <laughs> but but the look is supposed to be essentially just like a glare of hatred yes. from Snape to Harry. Yes. What is it in the first movie? Okay, so to me in the book, he looks at him and goes, oh my God, it's James's son. In the movie, he looks at him and goes, oh my God, it's Lily's son. That's yeah, the difference. He looks, he looks interested. Mm-hmm. He looks almost concerned when Harry puts his hand up to his forehead. He's kind of like, and he kind of glances over at Quirrell a little bit, which I think is supposed to be a little nod to, uh, but it's, 
that moment does that does not hook up that's an acting yeah. choice that yes. does, knowing that oh i was in love with this kid's mom yes not i hated this kid's dad and i hate this kid he's the offspring of everything i despise right which is very much what we get in the book out of book's name yes and that's really what it should be in terms of as readers, the information, the way it gets laid out in the book series, we know so much more about James before we ever really know anything about Lily. True. You know? True. And I did, I the way that you said it was uh, was interesting because I've heard that said too. It was, it was something on social media. It was like a meme or something. And it was the first moment that you look into Lily Potter's eyes. And it's that scene from the movie. And I'm like, yeah, that frames up completely wrong for me. Right. Like it just does. Right. Yeah. It's but it's just, accurate for what you see in the film. It definitely is an acting choice. And I agree. I think it was a mistake for Alan Rickman to know the end game of this character, presumably before he knew about all of the things that Snape says and does throughout the rest of the series. Because, and we don't know at what yeah. point he was approached, but presumably it was before at least a couple of the books were even written. You know, mm -hmm. when you think about when they made that movie. So he gets he gets the redemption, but he doesn't yeah. get anything that he should be redeemed from. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like he doesn't he doesn't earn the redemption, exactly. but he doesn't do nearly as much in the movies to need redemption from. Exactly. He's, I mean, he's kind of a he's kind of he's annoying in the movies. He's not downright despicable in the movies. No, he's like the in the movies. Snape is like, you know, as you become an adult and you start agreeing with the parents in Disney movies, I feel like that's Snape in the Harry mm. Potter movies. You're kind of like, okay, is that a poor approach? Like, he could do better with his communication, but yeah, he's, the guy has yeah. a point. <laughs> you know? They keep, yeah, they keep out a lot of the more visceral exactly. book. The Snape unnecessary moments. meaneness. Mm -hmm. It's not there. Yeah. And there's a lot of people in the fandom that they lean on the movies as their canon, whether it's because they didn't read the books or because they blend the two together in their memory. And the, my thought of my uh, recent uh, experience seeing this is so I, in launching this podcast, I, I already followed several, but like I went on a follow spree with the belated binge social media pages that were brand new of just a ton of Harry Potter related pages. And so they there have been a few that have said something like uh one was like what was the first spell that Hermione ever did in the series and a ton of people responded with Oculus Reparo <sighs> which never even happened in the books. But it is the first spell that she does in the movies. Oof. There's also Maggie Smith recently had a birthday. And I remember seeing posts where they said, um, what is your favorite Minerva McGonagall line? Not Maggie Smith line. Minerva McGonagall line from the series. And there were a lot of Have a Biscuit Potters. They're better which be, yeah. is the correct answer to this statement. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but a whole bunch of people did the, you know, Harry, it's good to see you. A whole bunch of people did the I always wanted to use that spell. These things that were only movie things. And so I'm not judgmental of somebody that you only watched the movies. Like, I didn't read this series until I was in my mid-20s. Like, I'm, I'm not giving you crap for that. No. But I think it does. 
I think it is reflected in the opinion of Snape across the fandom. And another moment that popped into my head that just absolutely drives me insane every <laughs> time I see it is in the third movie, uh-huh. Prisoner of Azkaban, the werewolf scene where yeah. Snape throws himself in front of the kids as their like protector and whatever. And I've seen people you know, post that on their a true protector I in the series, so whatever. Much. And I, I do. I do. I just can't stand it because what actually happens in the books is like, not only is he knocked out in this scene, like the whole time, through, right? Like, yeah. But like throughout that whole thing afterwards, he's like, I can't wait for Sirius to get the Dementors kissed. Yes. Harry Potter is the reason that Sirius got away. Like yes. he is losing his mind. He's becoming so unhinged and like screaming throughout the corridors at the minister of magic. Yes. Who later, like, tells Dumbledore, like, hey, your teacher's kind of nuts. You like, is he okay? You put your boy on a leash, man. Like, yeah. Like, but you get none of that in the movie. What you get so is him throwing cool. himself in harm's way, you know, to protect these kids that he hates. It, it just, makes no sense. It doesn't. Oh, it doesn't hook up. God, that's so true. It doesn't it hook up. Absolutely no sense. The only really, like, good interaction that comes to mind for me where I go okay, here is book Snape, is in book three, or in movie three, sorry, when he bursts into the Shrieking Shack and he is like mm. drooling practically yeah. at the prospect that he's going to get to turn Sirius Black in. To me, I'm like, yeah. okay, that's 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 the right reaction that yeah. we get for like 45 seconds. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, before Expelliarmus blasts him through a wall. Right. <laughs> because I mean, that's what Expelliarmus it does it in the books I, it does it in I the know, books but they, the way things. they play it yeah but the way they play it off in the books is that all three of them did it at the same time right. and oh, that's, right. that's what made the spell so powerful in the movie it's just harry doing it and it just like blow it doesn't we we can go on this doesn't have to be a crap on the movie fest sure um Sorry. but we it can keep doing it that with me <laughs> yeah like and alan rickman holding lily and just like leaving the baby in the crib to <sighs> fend for itself you know, moment like st it's things like that that do i don't want to say taint the character of snape but they do paint him in such a better light in the movies that i think it does twinge people a little bit based on what the book series did it does i mean i've got several casting like very kind of controversial casting opinions and mm -hmm. that's probably my most controversial casting opinion is that he was the wrong choice for snape because i don't think that it's like I think he was directed this way. He's a good enough actor that mm. if he had been directed to be more vitri vitriolic, then mm. he would have been. I mean, he's Hans mm. Gruber. Give me Hans Gruber, yeah. Snape. You know, like that's that's more yeah. on, on you know, tracks a little bit more for me. But he's the wrong choice for age reasons. And um, mm. I'm so glad you brought that up in that message. I did not feel well actually at all, by the way. <laughs> um, I'm so glad you brought that up. And it led here. It led here to you coming on the podcast. And hopefully exactly. you'll come on again. I totally will. But yeah, that influenced the other casting decisions. I mean, Gary Oldman and David Thewlis are other controversial opinions I have a, about it. They're just too freaking yeah, old. All it was, three of them. Yeah, and it did the same thing with Harry's parents. But I think that's a perfect place to end it. Again, thank you so much for doing this. I'm going to go ahead and you know stop the recording now. Sure. Um, and let you get back to prepping for Babyland. Oh, Babyland. So, yes. Yep. Yeah. <laughs>